Yes, so yeah. we are we are live. Hey, Josh X and Alex Limber. Thank you, Josh X, for joining us. This is a new episode of the Light Leaders. It's been a while I haven't recorded for the Light Leaders. Um, I've been uh, I've been doing a new podcast that's focused on Ubud. Actually, it's called Ubud on Tea. And uh, I, <laughs> I needed to pause a bit the Light Leaders, and I thought I'm only going to record now. I used to do podcasts every week for the light leaders mm -hmm. and I thought I'd only do something when I'm really passionate about it and I and I really um, want to hear about it not that the other guests weren't fasc fascinating but I had also that consistency thing and um, and now one of the rabbit holes I've been in let's say in the past year more I mean three four three four years ago I started looking at my nutrition more and make a lot of shifts um, a lot of uh, a lot of veganism for moral and health reason, and then a, a year ago, um, just I'll make it fast. But a year ago, uh, I got more into circles with my friend even Fabrice and Ombaya that you know here in Bali and and others. There's a there's a whole tribe of people into Dr. Morse and iridiology. So I had my um, um, my eyes checked and the past year I've been mainly on fruit um, let's say maybe 90% raw vegan and 60% maybe fruit and the past the past three four months I've really looked into okay fruitarian lifestyle not just as healing but as a as a way to live and to stay strong that's also why I'm excited to have you even breatharianism other things but the main reason I'm super excited to have you Josh, is that um, you're, you're eating a, a lot of fruits, only fruits or? I've been through many periods of experience in all different types of foods on the whole food plant-based level. Uh, just experiencing the subtlety of each individual foods, mm. taking them out, adding things in, and then really having that relationship with food. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'd say 95% fruit raw, um, and then just experiencing I mean, my absolute fundamental foundation would never go beyond anything other than plant-based whole foods. Mm. Um, that is the absolute uh, minimum that would be produced by myself. Mm. As I know the very difference in eating the same foods at home that is washed and cleaned mm. and prepared correctly, then eating out is not the same. And it causes yeah. a, a definite shift. Okay. And, and, and yet to thank you for that and to finish giving context so people can look at you also and see that uh, living in Ubud here in Bali a lot of people go into fasting mm -hmm. and different uh, diet modalities from uh, spiritual reasons also and might end up being very skinny which is fine it's just an experience but gets them closer to, to God but a bit away from the body and yeah. what I'm personally attracted to at the moment is to go towards uh, those more clean lifestyles while staying strong, while staying in yeah. the body and developing the, the temple at the same time. And, and that's something you're doing. Like, like you, you can lift uh, heavy weights and all that while being mainly on fruit. So that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, 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 the inner standing of the true mechanisms of the body is the most important thing in the basics of having the awareness that will allow one to effortlessly transform to this type of food system. Mm -hmm. You're recognizing one, our body is uh, 
Its foundations are glucose and amino acids. And this creates something in the body called protein synthesis. We synthesize our own protein. So we don't need to eat or consume any types of protein. And if we do, then our body has to break this protein down into a lesser form of amino acids to then be created via protein synthesis again. So it's not actually efficient to consume these, uh, these proteins that we've been conditioned to consume in any way, shape or form. Um, if we have excess glucose is stored into the muscle tissue as glycogen. So if we train and have some sort of hypertrophy and we consume enough of these fruits, we will then expand and grow as the largest land animals on earth are absolutely plant-based. Mm. Yeah, no, and what I've realized also in my uh, plant-based journey, at least what I'm realizing now is always an open mind because I'm quite uh, new to it still, but also following you, I've just finished reading the, the mucus-less diet. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it, but I'm very acute and sensitive to what forms okay. mucus within myself. Mm. It's, it's like going to plant-based, raw, and simple, because here in Ubud, it's the uh, like the um, capital of at least one of them of having amazing raw foods, yeah. but often very complex, right? So you'll have uh, dehydrated papaya on a seed, seed um, cracker with this sauce and this, and it's all raw, but mm-hmm. in the end, doesn't feel very natural, doesn't feel simple. It's quite complex and, and I find it can be quite hard to digest. So in... Um, what, what I find interesting is going to, yeah, raw living food, but also simple, right? And I feel it's something you're doing a lot. Yeah. I think having the experience of the simplicity will let one know exactly what that true food is. Uh, if we are looking to become aware of what food system is right for us, then the most important thing is we, we trial uh, and error and go through an experience of our own growth. If we take things out and add them back in each time, uh, then we become more sensitive to what that food has to offer us or what it doesn't. But essentially, our food is fruit. It bears a seed. It allows life to reciprocate. And the fruit for us, hence the, the meaning of the word fruit, we look at it and it says, for you it, in its phonetics and symbolism. Um, these seeds uh, that would grow effortlessly all year round which is the tropics, the equator, which equates our food. Now, there's a a huge difference between tropical fruit nutrition and then the fruits you will find in uh, colder places. Um, For example, I know that you probably have uh, some nice durians when the durian season is around. Um, A kilogram of durian is around about 1,350 calories. If you look at a coconut, you get a thousand calories per coconut. If you take a kilo of bananas, you're having 950 calories. And we have the question, can we reach uh, the, the calorific needs of our body via fruit? And to be honest, it's very, very simple. But a lot of people don't eat enough of these f- fruits or foods. But when we do, and then we add in things like grains, you will very much quickly see that a grain is not made for the body. It's a seed and it's made for planting. The same with a nut. Nuts and seeds have a protective mechanism for them to be planted and not to be consumed. This will be simply recognized by the body. If we do consume these things, 
there'll be a slight acidic shift and a buildup of mucus mm-hmm. in the breaking down of these proteins and fats. And then we feel a lesser vibration and less clarity within our body. Um, I'm presuming that you've experienced this as you've been moving towards the fruit-based system. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's um, it's something that you can get away with now and again. If you have some nuts, like the odd occasion, maybe once every seven days. Um, but if you do consume it for a few days on the row, you will feel something like a cold flu-like symptom. So your lymphatic systems will come and uh, flush this out, please. Sorry. Yeah, well, that's the curse of the more clean you are, the more sensitive you become, right? So in a way, it's nice because we reconnect with our body, but they need some uh, lifestyle adjustments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that you'll recognize is you will become more focused on living somewhere where you can produce these foods and uh, have these foods around you. Because living in the Western world, it's very difficult to be on a whole food, uh, sorry, a fruit-based diet. So I don't recommend uh, being too focused on it because if you are, then you begin to suffer uh, in the mind with your desire. So trying to have that fluidity, but having that baseline as a whole food plant-based diet will remain uh, the body clean and pure rather than putting on board toxins, which are not a good thing for our consciousness, our bodies, the longevity, and ultimately the strength of our vessel. Mm. Yeah, I mean, environment is key, and that's why we have some land here where we have a food forest and the fruits growing. It's much easier to be uh, only on fruits. Well, when I mean Ubud with all the lifestyle around the raw vegan restaurants, which is still actually pretty good, but more complex. Usually, it's there's a bit of that temptation, and at least that's pretty good compared to where you are in the UK. And I haven't traveled in the past two years, but that's actually definitely something i have in mind when i have people you know going to hey come to burning man or let's go to egypt or mm. going to see my family or all that one of the consideration is is i want to stay um yeah pure and that's air that's water and that's that's food for sure so how do you do um actually so you're in the U- uk at the moment actually before we get there do, do you want to share a little bit um about your story with food and with strengths also together and i'd like to do it not too late and morally in the podcast because in let's say in bali and in ubud you'll find a lot of people talking about the benefits of raw the benefits of fruits and sometimes they've been doing it for a couple of months and Mm -hmm. uh, become a um, a health coach and then six months later they're eating meat because they change you know which is which is which is fine but what i like with you is you've been pretty consistent also for yeah. uh, so just in terms of um you know what you're talking about and you're embodied so i'd lo- love you to, to share a little bit of your uh, life I experience think, i think as you as you say quickly before we go to uh, what happened to me during my experience is a lot of people tend to turn back to meat because of one thing and that one thing is b12 and b12 deficiency now if we look at the b12 how it's produced is basically a cobalt rich soil there's a bacteria that feed and then it converts it into b12 which is then synthesized and into the plants now because of commercial farming this is very absent and the cobalt has been depleted from the soil 95% of uh, 
supplementation of B12 is given to animals and livestock. So there's a misinterpretation that animal products actually contain B12 because their B12 would essentially come from the plants that they eat. But because it's synthesized or synthetically injected into them, there is this remnants of B12 within inside these products. So a lot of people tend to have the body give memory to what was the food that last gave a certain mineral lacking, which would then give them a craving for, let's say, chicken or an egg or some beef, etc. And then they believe this is what their body was lacking, but it's not. So this regulates the nervous system. B12 is so important for our body's regulation. And uh, without it, we can experience an array of symptoms, especially fatigue. Um, and a lot of people who tend to go back experience fatigue. Now, saying that, 75% of the world's population probably slightly deficient in B12. Um, and there is a... There is a saying that is more predominant with inside the vegans, but it's not actually the case. So if we are feeling lethargic and we aren't feeling like we have enough energy to do something, you possibly experience some numbness and tingling within your hands and fingers. And it's very good to just go and get a quick test to see your B12 levels. Um, and then you can adjust accordingly for that. But I would definitely give that advice. And um, in, in, in saying so as well, I was sent a video by one of the family on a carnivore MD, that's his YouTube channel. And he was talking to a plant-based Rastafarian who was explaining you need everything you need is in plants. And he was asking him, where do you get your L-carnitine from? Where do you get your creatine from? Where do you get all these things that are only found in animal products from? But what we need to do in a situation such as that is realize if they are only found within the animal products, there has to be a synchronicity here, which means they must be synthesized. Now, if you check, you will find that the body actually synthesizes these in such things as the liver. So as they are present inside the animal, they are also present inside the man that synthesize from everything else. So that's a great thing to know. So if anyone has anything to say about your diet and you should be lacking in this, if you don't consume these products and just check how they are endogenized by the body. Mm. So, um, yeah, so we'll go to my journey. As a young boy, I became very aware. I'd say around the ages of eight, nine. Um, and one of the first things that I became aware of is the consumption of foods and how animal products were put into my diet. And as soon as I found this out, I, I stopped eating animal products. I can remember by the ages of nine, I was just putting water in my cereal, um, doing what I could do because I didn't have this great awareness of what was out there in the world to consume. Um, if my mum and dad were... We were going out to a restaurant, an Indian on holiday or something like this. I would just ask for a naan bread with no butter. And I would just sit there like this. So I became very strong mentally. Um, and then by the ages of 11 and 12, I had learned every single item in the grocery store. The ingredients, the fat content, the calories, the salts, the sugars, etc. And wait, and just remember... when you were at those uh, dinners... What were your parents thinking or saying? That I had an eating disorder. 
<laughs> well, I can really remember associating like when my mother would try to bring me like a shepherd's pie and uh and I would know that she would tell me that it had lamb in it and I just couldn't connect with that. You know, it 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 just wasn't for me. As soon as I could picture the animal with inside the food, there was there was no more consuming it for me. And this is what happens with inside the matrix. All the senses have been hidden. You know, the smell, the taste, all of the visuals. And naturally, you would never have a, a young child or a young anything consuming something which runs around. It just wouldn't be appetizing. Um, so, so by the ages of 12, I began a fitness journey. So I started incorporating my energy into the gym. I remember lying about my age because I had to be 14 to join a gym. Uh, and I began my journey there. So I started to predominantly focus on sugar-based foods because I knew that my body ran off this glucose. So by the ages of 12, 13, 14, I, I was known as like the, the big kid, the strong kid, the athletic one. Um, what what do you mean by sugar-based foods? So I would just focus on any foods that I knew had a predominantly uh, very little fat and a higher sugar content. So mainly fruits and vegetables. Sometimes I would have like a glucose-based drink just because I wasn't shifted fully to the awareness of the synthesized processes of mm. glucose, etc. cetera. Um, and then I think by the ages of 14 and 15, my 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 athletic uh, capabilities just for example being on this type of lifestyle compared to the other children i was like a 100 meter champion the shot put champion the discus champion i won all the cross countries um i think by the ages of 15 i was bench pressing like over 100 kilo maybe 120 at that age um and yeah really a great separation between the physical aspect of my body than others so it really made me i can focus on it more and really see how i could push the limits to my body so i began very uh to be very passionate in the world of health and fitness and bodybuilding um, and on that journey it kept me very separate from the status quo i never drank alcohol i never went out clubbing i stayed in and that's when my real big journey of awakening to the way of the world and the matrix by research and uh, those type of processes leading me on a rabbit hole to a vast wealth of information that only led me to a powerful intellect. And then I was searching for more. So the intelligence inside of me found a spiritual aspect, which also knew it would gain more power which essentially led me into the destruction of the ego by allowing myself to recognize that which I am, my true source, and experiencing momentary presence in, in a happy, blissful state all times. It's a big journey, though. It took a very long time to recognize this, and essentially I was looking for something which I already was, and have always been and could never ever not be that uh, thank you brother and i can feel uh, even when you speak you have that very 
let's say both relaxed and radiant frequency that mm. makes it very nice <laughs> thank you so the journey is open i mean within the x family uh that so we have going back to the to the food and the fruits yeah. um, Yeah, why do you feel people feel? Oh, wait, I think the connection's a bit weird. Okay. I'm getting you back now. I'm back, yeah. What were you saying? Um, I think it's separated, so we'll go with you. So you, you direct the show. So um, back to the fruits, I heard, and then we lost each other. Yeah, yeah, back to fruits. Uh, why do you think, I've seen many people try fruits mm -hmm. and then give up, they feel more weak. Um, also for me, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty set on it. I can see a certain trajectory towards more fruits and maybe even further. And that can be the rest of the, uh, more of a conversation also towards less, less and less fruit. Mm. But I have that commitment. And at the same time, I have sometimes when I feel, I generally feel a lot of energy, but for example, if I go to the gym, sometimes I, I feel a bit Week. it's a little bit weird sometimes i feel oh i feel strong and then i try to push and i'm like, not actually that strong so um, <laughs> i have these phases and i've heard a lot of people also try fruits and say it wasn't for me so i would say well first do you think it's for everyone um i have had discussion with you know people who are into ayurveda and the dosha and yeah some people need that need that do you think it's for yes. everyone or like let's say the huge majority of people and why do people have those bad experiences Absolutely, it's our primary source of food, 100%. It's the only thing which drops itself effortlessly every season or throughout the year. And if we don't consume it, it goes back into the soil. Absolutely perfect. Um, I think what a lot of people do is they're not spiritually ready or ready for the transition. It just becomes another idea. And ideas essentially come and go. And I, I feel like those transitioners who quickly do things are not actually ready for this. Another thing, the symptoms of going too quickly into a fruit-based diet is rapid detoxification. So people have the lymphatic system start to throw out all toxins and it's too quick. So then they start to feel very unwell and uh, they would then turn around and say the fruit made them feel very ill. Mm -hmm. So going to something so pure too quickly is not necessarily a good thing. And that's why you know I developed like a transitional recipe book, which allows people to utilize fruits and vegetables to create the dishes that uh, you could have in the Western world. Essentially, when we have someone transition too quickly to a fruit-based diet, the body just rids toxins, which makes one feel very discomfort, very uncomfortable. Um, and that's why we developed a sort of whole food, plant-based transitional recipe book, which you can incorporate uh, fruits and vegetables cooked and uncooked to create dishes that you would be used to, you know, like spaghetti bolognese, curries and okay. chilies, etc. just with fruits, um, which is a real good thing if no one has any awareness of what to do. I think it might be your signal. That's losing, not mine. 
but I don't know if we should maybe yeah, drop the video know. so we slower. But I'm still happy maybe to I'll, just. Yeah, maybe I'll drop mine at least. Yeah, let's try that. So yeah, so essentially, I feel like people fail because they're not ready. One, it's a transition from eating habits, but also it's a transitioning knowing how to prepare these foods for yourself. So it does take time to transition your cupboards, to transition that which you normally would go to, to create something that which you would eat now. Um, and the way that I started this journey was um, not being afraid to try things, trying to create flavors, utilizing salt, sweet, savory, and uh, and sourness, and then really getting involved with the food. And I would master a dish and create it to perfection and then move on to the next one mm. and create a next dish and then add back in the first one so it stayed with my memory bank until I created dishes from all over the world just with fruit. So, um, yeah, very good. Not very acid-forming, even though it may have slight cooking processes, but we also create things like raw curries, fruit-based curries, which even people that consume meat and uh, go to all these restaurants, I've still, they are the best curries they've ever experienced. And essentially it's just made with real food. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that, that's a good one. Like people have detox and they go too fast and they think it's the problem, the diet's the problem. And would you say those recipes, they're mainly... Therefore, transition depends basically maybe on what you were on before and how long. But yeah. the objective is to go towards more simple monofruiting most of the time. I would say what we need to do, it depends on our goal. So if one's trying to heal a chronic disease, then essentially we need to go to the simplest form. If someone is epileptic, someone has cancer, meningitis, any, anything that causes the body to be in a perpetual state of disease, Mono fruits slash fasting is going to be the ultimate thing for the remedy of that. If someone's just looking to exist and to have fun, I, I feel the journey will take you to aspects of consciousness where you direct your attention and really focus it on one area. But it's not good to stay there for your, for your own uh, elevation and evolution because we can think too much causing us a separation from the momentary presence and then feel the emotional conflict within ourselves about what we should and shouldn't be doing to really essentially judge the situation. And that's why I say the base for me is always the whole food plant-based lifestyle. I would never eat out anywhere just because of the level of uh, toxicity that I have found when I did when I was younger. Um, and I stick to that, but predominantly is fruit. So this, this book that we've created, it, it's simple things, even like a smoothie, trying to create that butterscotch flavor or trying to create like a Ferrero Rocher, which is a chocolate, you know, hazelnut chocolate with just simple dates, carob and um, hazelnut. And this helps one transition because then you don't get the cravings. So it would be better to eat these cakes all day than to eat bad food just a little bit you know so this really can help one transition um so there's just multiple flavors of different things smoothies ice creams dinners starters and uh, even even juices you know what juice goes with what to create what flavor it's really helpful um but essentially if you do fail 
uh, and you go back a small amount, it was essentially for you. And you needed to do that to recognize exactly what was good for you and what's not. So never give yourself any sort of, I say, emotional content to do with it. You accept that it was done. Surrender the idea and continue to experience as that is what this life is about. Mm. It's a, that's beautiful. And yeah, for me, I'm trying going like being whole foods and plant-based and avoiding cooked, avoiding complexities. So obviously if I have the, I feel the willpower and alignment at the time I, I go mono fruit, but sometimes yeah, I have a more complex raw meal or have something and and who knows maybe in three months i'll be like ah oh, yeah. changing a little you're bit able to satiate yourself there see with, with mono fruit it's not good to just have one it's good to have four or five six mangoes in one sitting maybe seven mm. you know well also regarding the quantities where i'm at now and again i'm flexible because i've you know i don't want to just have an idea have a goal i see what comes my way but where I'm at now, I feel that I'm transitioning mainly to fruits. But yeah. I feel that um, I think that there's a way, you know, what you said about the, the animal making its own and that the human can. I feel yeah. if I really take care of my environment also, the air I breathe, the water, the people around me, which I think is quite possible here in Bali, I can go to a more pranic lifestyle while staying mm-hmm. strong. And I've, I've got interested in a few people who eat not, not much or, or say they don't eat at all. Like uh, Elito Melamine is, a, is one, a, like a brethian that's quite famous. And he looks good. Like he looks like, like he's strong, not like a bodybuilder. But, mm. And uh, I, w- I was wondering if for you, you feel, well, first for you personally, if you feel that could, would be a trajectory and what you think of that overall. Well, it's, it's, it's very good to bring things such as this up to the surface because I think this type of idea is in search of the ultimate. The ultimate recognition, the revelation of what one is and how to be the highest within themselves. Truly, I would say it's another concept that's actually holding one back from the recognition that this moment is the magic of life and is here and now. Um, to involve yourself into something such as breatharianism, uh, factually, the body needs a fuel. Through extensive meditation, you can slow down the needs of what the body needs. So slowing down all of the processes of the body can allow one to sustain the body for extended periods of time. But it's not going to keep the body forever. So, uh, the beings that you spoke of they consume juice don't they well some some claim some claim they don't have so neither solid food not even water and that they absorb the moist from the water maybe they're lying but at least one is called uh, victor triviano he claims to have done that for 16 or 17 years he doesn't Mm. you know he's very slim (laughs) yeah Um, again it's a it's a lifestyle experience and choice We don't have to go through this at all to become recognized. And you would say the word would be enlightened. No, but enlightenment just is happening now. And prana is everywhere. 
is everything from the flower to yourself to the water that flows now ether or we could just say the atmosphere is just different densities of water our body is 70 percent water and having an interaction with the breathing capabilities of the skin and keep the body um of course but if this is what you feel is the highest then the best thing to do would to be look inside the self or look from the self and i find one of the best things to help this recognition is is the dream states and recognizing or becoming aware with inside the dream that there is a conversation with others there is sensations there is touch there is feeling there is sight there is also a perceived body but yet none of that exists it's with inside of you and that will help one transition to the recognition of this reality is no different but the stages of consciousness whether you're personified whether you're experiencing presence or you are the viewer uh, this is a, a choice here um, what's happened is we have fallen asleep in the dream state into the body as the person and now we have personified the image of ourselves being the one which sees the whole time and we now have the ability to transition into the momentary presence as the experiencer experiencing all of this and also recognizing that we are the one which sees all of this at our base fundamental level never being separate from it only the ideas create the separation so if we let go of concepts we can become immaculately or the immaculate conception which is to be clean and clear and pure from concepts just seeing and viewing all of this incredible phenomenal reality and then the gratitude falls at your feet for every experience that you have because in your meditation when you go to the place that there is no thing there is just the awareness of no thing being that with no thing the one wish would be to experience all that we can and it is here and it is now it will always be you can never die that's an idea the awareness remains the dreamer stays so just enjoy every experience there's no need to take life seriously everything can be felt fully with your attention on every moment peace lies here this is peace as for the sorry as for the breatharianism it's an idea as a concept with inside the dream you can choose to do this experience it for yourself you'll experience much clarity even adding food in has uh, a type of memory base to it so the least complex food is again the fruits going less is juice then into the water and then no thing but just go very careful because the body does have mechanisms needs minerals hormones etc and unless you have become to a place of meditation in a cave and then i would suggest consuming some sort of fruit juice food or um fruits yeah and anyway it's, it's always my approach to um like i'm here to enjoy and to accept where i'm at including 
me personally and the environment also right mm. uh, so so yeah it's not it, it's not making it like a necessity or necessarily a goal but um i i just feel it's it's an excitement of mine now that i'm gravitating towards with also some detachment mm. um but but yeah i was i was i was curious about uh about you because i know that you're also a lot into fasting and and where you at with with that need for food or not to also even to build the muscle and and also yes. yeah well, the muscle just kind of deflates. If it's still training, it just loses glycogen and then it will come back. This is essentially what happened to me. I um, I stopped training. I stopped training seven years ago because um, uh, of the birth of our son. And uh, we went to nature, planted trees, had this experience, uh, got connected, very connected with, let's say, the spiritual aspect of myself and also unifying that with physicality, embracing both as aspects of myself. Um, and then recently, I would say the past five months, I have um, got back into training and we are doing a fitness course on the website, which will be coming out in uh, September. I'm um, excited and... about it. I'll join. Good. I'm very excited to have you. And yes, I've put on, um, I put 60, 60 pounds on in the first three months um, and it is still going up. So probably 70 pounds I've put on now in the last five months of training um, and my strength is, you know, actually getting stronger with the the more training I do. So, yeah, my arms went probably four inches in three and a half months, four months. And then everything else obviously grew, grew as well. So, yeah, it's very rapid. Um, I'm going to be a prime example of what fruits uh, can do, even though we have gorillas, rhinos, elephants, giraffes to give us that wonderful gnosis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously sometimes it works to get like that, those numbers. So it's not about, you know, being the ego, I bench press more, all that, but like how much can you bench press? Now, yeah. I'd probably say about, it's only because I've been uh, taking it slower as I'm being reintroduced, but at the moment it's probably like 120 kilo, um, okay. but I have been able to do 200 and. 260 i think when i was younger wow. so yeah well, well being mainly on fruits yeah i um by the ages of 17 i probably could bench 160 uh 180 was probably when i was 18 um but i did i was very regimented and it was my main focus at that particular time so every second was towards the goal of becoming stronger you know uh, and a physique shape that I was trying to create. So it's very rare to find someone with that much devotion to something such as this. Um, and if one does, then they will experience uh, a next level of you know human capabilities. I want to ask you about something that uh, the weird people in Ubud Bali, some of them do here and I've heard about, <laughs> it's um but it's not just in ubud it's actually an old tradition from uh, also yogic culture it's uh, urine therapy mm-hmm. and some people using as use it as part of their healing process actually there's even a bigger category which is distilled water using distilled water and then there's some people also uh, <laughs> using urine do you have um what's your views on that mm, i mean i studied it a very long time ago um, i would say 
one, if one's looking at doing urine therapy, take the journey slow and steady um, and become sensitive to it. You don't want to do it consuming any type of animal protein or anything like this. And you want to be catching the early, uh, the first wee um, and midstream because of deposits. But looking at the history of it, um, it's 95% water, 2% urea, and then probably growth hormones and other chemicals that the body produces um, excrete. Yeah, vitamins and minerals aren't needed at that particular time also come out and you'll find amino acids, etc. within inside of it and salts. Um, so nothing is bad. There's no waste products here. That's just an idea that's been passed around from uh, pillar to post. Um, obviously, we have age during therapy and uh, we can drink it fresh. Um, looking at uh, the science behind it, have you ever heard of something called HCG? It's a... Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a medication that was developed from the urine of pregnant women. And it's a fertility drug for male and female people. Now, if we look at ancient Tibet, you'll find that couples who were infertile used to drink each other's wee for the remedy to have babies. So there is a great uh, truth to the therapy of urine. Um, if we have a bite or a sting or a cut, the best thing we can do to get rid of the pain is to urine on it for, for simple ailments such as skin problems psoriasis if people are experiencing uh, dandruff then just rubbing the urine into the scalp it doesn't leave any small residue it gets absorbed into the skin but uh, you'll find the urea in it is very medicinal for the skin and is used in a lot of products um, i think companies figured this out and started collecting urine from like urinals etc and and using this in the products because of the, the industry. Um, so it's not a falsity. It's not something which I do on a, on a practice. Uh, I've, I've experienced it. Um, but for me, the ailments that come with the Western world diet can be remedied by just consuming living food. Um, but in emergency situations, such as dehydration in the tropics, and your urine is full of water and salts and things that the body would love to be recycled inside of it. Um, but yeah, it's a journey. I think the first book I read was um, Your Own Natural Perfect Medicine or Your Own Perfect Medicine. Um, and I did spend some time, you know, probably a few years going back and forth and trying with others experiencing their healing journey, seeing if it brought remedy to certain things now personally water fasting is the ultimate things that really truly work i would say mms the miracle master mineral solution truly works um then whole food plant-based diet will alleviate most ailments within inside most people so i would say if you are looking to remedy a disease such as diabetes and you have a fear of fruit, fruit is uh, one of the only things that cures or remedies insulin resistance. It doesn't cause any spiking of the insulin. And um, these problems and issues are down to mainly fats and proteins. So studying fats and the processes it has within the body will make you know that it's not your source of food. And I mean concentrated fats, not the fats we find in avocados or anything like this. Um, have you heard of the 
the gallbladder cleanse? I, w- I was going to get into it. Um, I have a, a, a few things around around oh, that. Okay. I just wanted so to I'm ask you before, before, just when you say water fast, what type of water do you use? A lot of people really love distilled water. Yeah, um, I only recommend distilled water. Um, before engaging in a fast, it would be very good to check your vitamins and mineral load because this really does push out a lot of excess vitamins, minerals, heavy metals, etc. So you may wish to add maybe half a teaspoon per liter of Himalayan sea salt to the distilled water after you've uh, you've made it. Um, but if you have a lot of you know balanced electrolytes and things like this, you can you can do it without any type of thing. Now, when you don't, it allows the body to flush out more. But by the safe... way, is... go on, please, sir. Oh, yeah. By the way, is it the moment when we say this is not medical advice? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just just everybody engaging in something such as this, it's really good that it's a part of your journey. You take things slow and steady. You start off with a juice fast, maybe a little extended one. If your remedies heal, you may just want to experience one day on a juice or water fast and then work your way up to two to three to four to five to six. Um, but yeah, some people within the X family here, 40 day water fasts they've experienced and they come out the other side, you know, feeling vibrant, connected to God and recognizing that which they, they truly are. You know, not something to be feared. It's something to be uh, educated on. Um, and uh, people go to clinics for water fasting to be monitored um, through the whole 40-day processes, and they cure an array of disease, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Josh. Should we go a bit on the, um, yeah, the cleanses? Um, so you talked about mm-hmm. MMS, this the few I see around um, turpentine is mm. also the colon cleanse sometimes with enzymes and the gallbladder uh, flush, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the most famous ones. I know you're not a yeah. big fan of this one. No. <laughs> um, just in a well, just, just be- before you start on all this, I know it's um, it's something and in general with a lot of those cleanses. Well, some might be scams, but some that are not that are more aggressive. For me, I always have this in-between where I feel, well, I've been living so unnaturally for so many years that I need to use radical methods versus, well, maybe I'll go more gently and, and now go more towards food and fasting and those more natural ways. So that's that's a bit of a dilemma I have in my head. Okay. I'm just going to write a few things down. Watch the tablets. Sorry. Just like the cleanses. I don't want to speak about the tablets. Or the, the herbs that come with such protocols as the Dr. Morris, etc. Um, and so we'll just talk about the, the, the gallbladder cleanse. Um, we have to question what does the gallbladder do? What is it a part of? And uh, in seeing that, it deals with fats. Also, the lymphatic system does. So when there's fats present, it goes straight to the lymphatic system, which is the body's detoxifier. So we have the kidneys, the liver, the gallbladder. What's essentially happening? Um, people are consuming, you know, a large amount of oil in one day, in one night, uh, mixing it with something like lemon juice or apple juice. Um, the body can't handle this level of fat. 
So what it's doing in the gallbladder is building up these little cholesterol balls uh, to eliminate it from the body as fast as possible. And then they're excreted and rising. So this wasn't present before the consumption of the oil previous night. But there's a belief that these were laying with inside the gallbladder the whole time and the oil was helping the elimination process. But it's not the case. They are being created uh, by a misunderstanding of the body. Um, and again, people go in it looking for better health, but are coming out the other side of it with um, with worse health. And essentially, how, this how, is what happens. Go on, sorry, brother, please. Yeah, how do you explain then? I mean, some people say they, they do every month and at some point they don't have the stones anymore. Probably because their body has accumulated, uh, you know, withstanding of this oil because the body is now regulating it um, and it's being stored elsewhere um, until it will find a way to just release it slowly over time. Um, but yeah, our body can handle, you know, an array of things, even if it's not necessarily food products, which is the predominant Western world diet is non non-food products. It lowers consciousness extremely. Um, even just small amounts of oil when one has abstained from them you'll find the headaches the lymphatic system become activated and it's not a nice feeling but it's down to everyone I mean I'm just trying to point and the science is there if you just search the what the gallbladder is designed to do and what what is a part of is a detoxification process and how it deals with fats and let the synchronicities tell you oh yeah because in in um in the community here, it's a, it's a thing, definitely. A lot of people do that and and sometimes uh, really like it as well, but it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Another one is, uh, I've, I've done it, by the way, twice, a few years ago in Australia. And I've also done another one. Um, it's uh, the mucoid plague. So you drink things and then you pull those, uh, the mucoid plagues. And that's another one that's controversial. Have you heard of this one? Um, I'm not sure what you're consuming for the mucoid plaque because I know there's many different ways of trying to clear the body of the plaque that's been wood inside the body for a while. Um, I recommend a transitional diet from a Western to a whole food plant-based to a raw diet to a fruit-based diet to then experiencing fasting. And the body will naturally eliminate these things as it should without any without any hassle. Um are you able to tell me what you have to do for these diets? Is there any type of protocol on consumption of something? Um, the one I did, it was like a, a package thing uh, where, where you do during the day. But I know there's another one with, I think it's bentonine clay and charcoal, mm -hmm. like a mix like this that's meant to, uh, at, at least when I did that thing, then you have a, it feels like mucus, but I always have the suspicion that it's what I drank that created that that impression. A lot of the time, this is the case. Um, certain clays are, are good at dealing with fungus and mold inside the body. Um, but again, they work very well with the MMS. The MMS oxidizes and these pull out these positive charges. And um, that's maybe something for another time. But um, yeah, I would say just keep your eyes open. You know, look at each individual thing and its functions. It's, it's, you know, many people come to me and say, oh, this, this new uh, liver cleanse, you know, I really, I, I think I should be doing it. Obviously, people are looking for something that other than the simple food processes that allow your body to function at a high rate. Um, and if something's stimulating the liver, 
that means it's causing the liver to become active. And the function of the liver is to cleanse the body as one of the functions. So you can stimulate the liver or you can stimulate these things with toxic food. So just be very slow and steady in your research and uh, trust in nature. I think that's the key. It, going back to nature is the simplest way. And we're always looking for something very complex in the, you know, the... Um, and and the often, there's a, often there's a business that goes with it too. <laughs> yeah. And business is busyness, which just keeps us in the search for something that we already are. And it's here and it's now in the simplicity of life. Uh, you will find the absolute happiness and joy. And so one of the exceptions of that simplicity, you'd say, might be MMS. There's a, and there's another one I wanted to ask you about, if you're familiar with, is uh, the turpentine. Yeah, I would say, if you have you heard of DMSO? No. It works uh, in a relationship with um mms very well but dmso is made from the sap of the trees like i know some turpentine is um so i would say dmso is uh definitely something which works very well it's like a solvent and it helps carry things into the cells uh, so if things such as mms aren't working at the deep cellular level this will help it it's also great for information you know instant sprains can be remedied very quickly with dmso um it's just seeing the how it deals with things such as viruses you know and you know viruses themselves are like a solvent you know they essentially aren't the issue they're dealing with the issue carrying it from the body um but things like the aids the herpes uh, even malaria they dealt with very efficiently with this because of the oxidative processes that it has Um, and it doesn't take away any good bacteria um, and you're essentially left in a healthy state. So um, it's been used for many, many years. This has many years, hundreds of years, but it's only now where you can't find too much information on it due to its sensitive nature. Yeah, with turpentine, it's interesting. I think it's been a remedy used for, for a long yeah. time and then it's been turned into a To, to clean uh, brushes, paint, painting yes. brushes. And so it yeah. becomes a poison. So then if you, if you advocate that, you're basically officially telling people to drink a poison that's meant to clean brushes. Yeah. It's the same thing with the uh, sodium chloride, the MMS, turns into the dioxide. It's uh, like salt, you know. Salt is a chloride and it's not dangerous for the body if you consume the right salt so it's just the way that the matrix works is perfect because if you surface research all you're going to find is the upside down world's information which is something that could be potentially beneficial in a great way is labeled as dangerous and toxic yeah the bite and um Yeah, with the, with the MMS, there's someone I had uh, on the show before, Sasha Stone, who lives in Bali, and he did a documentary with uh, Jim Humble about it. Okay. Yeah, Jim Humble's book is many years of research of him and experiencing it through thousands and thousands of people. Um, I think, you know, I, I posted a video the other day about the Red Cross, you know, their research, 75,000 people cured malaria within 24 hours. Um, and this was documented by the Red Cross, but yet something which is used to purify water is labeled as something very toxic. 
<laughs> it takes a, a little bit of face when you look at the packaging, for example, on the turpentine. If you ingest, you go to the hospital, poison. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah, your journey is expanding your own consciousness and awareness and becoming your own doctor, seeing what foods are made for the body and uh, then experiencing that. And it is only through experience that you find that great knowing and that surety of all the questions that you have. So that's why when you seek the truth, you apply the truth, and then that becomes a great knowing. It's great, and I'm I'm doing the experience, and at the same time, I'm very grateful for people like you who can help me uh, go faster in the right direction, and uh, let's say, uh, try try things that call me more and feel more aligned, not wasting too much time. You know, um, earlier on when you mentioned uh, some people go towards the Ayurveda or the Ayurvedic practitioners tell people they need to have certain foods for cold and warm, etc. In our experience here, you know, we do know that cooked foods warm up the body. Raw foods cool the body down. Fruits cool the body down even further. Juices do, water does. Essentially, there's less friction within the body, which creates less heat, which allows the body to function uh, slower and uh, longevity is then present. Um, When people have come to us and we advise them to go on like this uh, journey of removing these foods from lesser vibration to the higher vibration, essentially to fruits and fasting, um, they, for example, like a breast cancer, it begins to reduce very rapidly. Sometimes people question uh, it, of course, because they are not sure. It's still a belief, and belief is belay, and you can read it with inside the word. It's not the truth, because it would be called the truth. Um, they then get swayed to go to Ayurveda and told they need lentils and this to cure this type of cancer, and then it just flares back. And the same experience of people who've had such things as chronic fatigue, you know, absolute fatigue. They don't know what to do. They can't find any remedy. The doctors tell them it's a lifelong disease. You turn into fruits, the body starts to clean and pure itself, and they can be debilitated in bed and wheelchair bound. And then they take something such as the herbs from Dr. Morse on the journey because they're questioning things. And and then they take a big shunt in their healing. So I would say, you know, it's a journey. You have to do what you feel is right for you. Otherwise, you're never going to know. And you're always going to have questions arise and more thought forms which appear for you to tackle with or to let go of. Um, but the purity is found in the simplest things, the simplest breakdown of foods, utilizing them to feed the gut bacteria and for that gut bacteria to provide the body with vitamins and minerals. Um, and obviously trying to get an organic source Consuming it close as you can picked from source is ideal, but doing the very best thing that you can do in, in the form of, uh, you know, raw living fruits, uh, heal a chronic disease is going to be the best thing for you. And one other thing to mention, just in our experience, if someone's got chronic sinusitis, let's say uh, most people have a serious ailment once they've had a root canal done. And there is a form of bacteria that exists in between the sinus barrier and it flares up when they consume certain foods. Now, going through this process with someone from whole food cooked foods from a Western diet, it alleviates slightly. Do you know the only thing which brings true remedy to it out of all the foods 
it's just fruit and they won't experience the uh the block sinuses the running of the noses the sneezes the itching and all these things and if they consume something maybe even a carrot then it starts to come back and and you see that there is something happening within the body there's too much to be able to uh not recognize this when you see others and when we helped my family because my brother had uh skin cancer on his nose and my father had diabetes for 37 years prior to this and my sister had chronic fatigue in bed for 14 years in a wheelchair and my mother had cervical cancer putting my mother and father on a whole food plant-based diet predominantly raw my dad was injecting insulin every day was collapsing some of the times with the issues that it brought his calves legs they were starting to sort of rot from inside out due to the medication um that remedied itself for the next six to eight weeks my mother no longer had her cervical cancer my brother was on raw only and his skin cancer went in six weeks and then my sister's journey was a longer journey i would say it was about one year because she needed to consistently go into the fruit-based diet to really bring remedy and she's up singing dancing and uh experience in life for the first time you know since she was 14 now so she's 28 and it is the fruits which did all of this you know well that, that's amazing and to go on on your family and so you have you have one child yes and he, he or she <laughs> he he uh is now age six. six and he's has he been mainly on fruits or yeah, yeah. He was breastfed until he was three and a half, uh, close to four. Um, and then he was on a fruit-based diet, maybe with uh, a few times where he would have like a starch, like a carrot or broccoli, potato, sweet potato. Um, That's the cheat meal. Yeah. Broccoli. Yeah. You know, on this on this journey, it, it's you have to know, you know, you have to really know. So learning with your seedling is a great thing, observing. Now, when we went to get uh, Sister Michelle's blood test check done before uh, we were having the baby, um, they couldn't believe what what the blood was like. They called doctors in. They were like, wow, look at this blood. This is incredible. How is this happening? Are you taking multivitamins? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And um, so it was really interesting to see, you know, because you have questions, it's good to get them answered. Um, so we had a little man born, beautiful, perfect, in the middle of the year, weighed a perfect weight, um, never cried, slept really well, never had dribble, ever. No dribble, no dribble bib, nothing that most babies have. Never had a cold, never had a blue nose. Never had a cough, always smiling up to the ages of like two and three. Absolutely pure, balanced behavior. He's never watched TV. He never will. 
he he's never eaten anything other than whole food in his whole life he would never choose to i think by the ages of four he asked to come off potatoes himself he said uh, i just want to live forever dad can i come off potatoes so he came off potatoes himself um and then by the age of five you know still no no dis-ease no colds no flus no sneezing no temperatures no nothing and uh we he has began recently sort of the eight, five and a half he had a few potatoes um and just because of the air we were in spain and portugal most of this time so we we're able to get more fruits and food but yeah he's very strong very athletic very smart he taught himself to walk ride a bike it was the first time he had to go on a bike he rode the bike and he self-teaches himself um mainly everything we haven't had to do much to allow him to help read and anything it's just an incredible thing the the, the boy is a sponge and a prime example to what a, a human can be if they just consume foods which was designed for them that's exciting for the new generation <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely and, and it's brave also because i mean i guess uh it's been a long time you're outside the matrix but that's that can be met with a lot of judgment, right? I guess, oh, yes. you're crazy. You're going to feed your child only fruits. They'll miss this, this, that. I mean, I remember yeah. an interview by Dave Asprey four or five years ago when I was interested in keto diet anyway. He's, he's a guy into keto and it was like, oh, it's criminal to feed your child vegan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but it's okay to slaughter some animals and feed them to your child unknowingly. That's the thing. If someone is really, if someone's really questioning this type of lifestyle, all you have to do is starve yourself for five or six days, you know, and put on the table some chopped up ham, put the hair on, chopped up chicken raw, put some uh, grains, rice, nuts, seeds, vegetables, and fruits, you know, strawberries, bananas, papayas, and grapes, etc. Which one does your senses want? No. Absolutely, all the time. You know that the senses is going to want that sweet, hydrating fruit. Never one would a sense want this. So you have to teach yourself to be able to consume these meats. Um, and again, they are a secondary form of amino acids that's been created by the plants, and all life comes from this plant life, no matter what. So humans consume animals that consume vegetables fruits grains nuts seeds etc they prefer fruits a lion will not eat a hyena because hyenas eat meat there's no nutrition there but even nature knows this and this is this is why they're called predators predators because consciousness had to go through these periods of time experience in this death cycle consuming meat to recognize that it's wrong we see animals killing other animals. It's, it's not something which is pleasant, but it was something that consciousness had to develop. Predators, language would always explain the ultimate truth to you. You see it. So it's, it's before now. Like Now we are heading into an age where predators are dying out. Are they not? They are trying to protect lions. 
they're trying to protect other animals that are becoming less and less in nature but it's the natural evolution of consciousness itself and we're moving into a place where there's pure peace and the experience that we're having within is being reflected without so just you know keep looking forward to what's happening because what's happening is absolutely perfect for everyone <laughs> thank you josh i want to ask you uh quickly on on dr morse also do you think the the herbs tinctures are, are not good in my seeing they are and haven't been beneficial um at all um but again one who transitions to a diet like that including them from a western diet will experience of course an elevated state you know healing will take place it depends on what your diet is you know if you're purist and you're getting better and you add them in then you'll experience something different a level of suffering um but if you are let's say still desensitized by commercial foods and other foods then you won't He's got a lot right, you know. It's essentially a lot of it's right. Do you, do you feel like that about a lot of herbs? Like, for example, I drink a lot of herbal tea in the morning. I make like a, get some, you know, ginger licorice and or flowers sometimes, and do an herbal tea. Do you, do you feel that has also in Ayurveda, right? A lot of those herbs, ashwagandha, and mm -hmm. this and that. Um, do you feel that has benefits or actually goes in the way or is pretty neutral it really depends again where someone's coming from within their diet because if someone just does a tea fast and then their experience of wellness is a fast and it's going to bring good remedy to the body um, you're pulling in nutrients from the plants the flowers and the herbs but you're also not having that matter which is hard to break down by the body mm. so again it's more beneficial to do it that way than to be eating these herbs um Yes, nothing is going to be better than your whole fruits in your remedy. If you're on a whole fruit fasting diet and you add them in as a part of your daily routine, be sensitive to them. If you feel them okay within the body, you can continue to consume them because essentially you're consuming water that has drew out some some valuable nutrients, let's say. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all down to what your diet really is and what you're doing and shifting from it. Everyone needs to be on the on the whole food plant base as a foundation. And uh, if someone's very ill, then just please try to transition processes into fruits and fasting. Yeah, and all food plant based and ideally not too not too complex and ideally mostly raw and ideally avoiding like also yeah heavy ones like like even the lentils and chickpeas mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah, yeah, you'll feel them absolutely. Yeah. It's like um, rice husks. People in the Western world have been conditioned to feel like the whole grains are better, mm. more nutrition. Um, but the rice husk has been taken off for centuries because they, they actually can't be broken down. They're a waste product. Um, and there's a big business now for, they have millions and billions of tons of these rice husks from taking them off for, for many years into plastic. So like benches and things like this can be made from these rice casks. So it's not the case. Um, it allows better digestion for the body. Um, but consuming things such as lentils, legumes, let's say legumes as a whole, 
they are good at putting nitrogen into the soil. The brother plants, they work well with other plants. You will uh, have some sort of uh, acidosis, some depletion. Um, and again, they are for planting beans for protein. But protein is essentially not something which we wish to have because we have to break it down to then reabsorb it. So for a filler, for somebody transitioning, great. For somebody on fruit, try it and experience what it does to the body. Yeah, that's that's funny. When I uh, started, like for like three years ago, two three years ago here in Bali, I was mm. plant plant based, right? But I'd have a ton of tempeh, and it's all genetically modified here. Uh, it cooked in coconut oil, but a lot of oil, and then white rice, which is also mostly like Monsanto genetically modified starch sprayed with pesticides. You can see the guys in the fields. And so in the end, it's like, yeah, I was plant-based, but when I look back at it, it wasn't healthy. And in the morning, tons of oats, which actually look like I'm straight eating mucus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And when someone's transitioning like, and they are consuming oats, there's a big difference between organic oats and raw organic oats. Like, So there's one that contains gluco- uh, uh, gluten and another that doesn't. You make them both up one turns into wallpaper paste and one remains the same so there's always something you can do better um and then i guess it's just time before you become aware of what these things do within the body there's really no need to try i think just becoming aware allows it to happen naturally and, and actually that ties down to fruits too right because it's getting a bit hard you talked about the soils like yeah it's great to have fruits but what we're trying to do here, and that's why we go to lands that are more pure, to have more pure water, less pesticides. Like if you take a, if you take grape, which is often talked about, like oh, grape is amazing, but then grape in many countries now doesn't have it doesn't have the seed anymore, which makes me yes. very suspicious for a fruit. And then here it's often sprayed with pesticides, and so you have a lot of so you have the pesticides thing and, and any anything that can pollute externally and then you have also like most of those fruits and heirlooms so do you have mm. like a few a few preferences there i know here there, there are some fruits like i don't really eat pineapple because i know they're all uh, most of them they're not heirloom at all and so i'd rather go to the papaya the banana and i know some of them they're sprayed a lot even watermelon the red they don't have the seeds so i get the yellow that still have the seeds and, so okay. do you have some recommendations around that and preferences yeah i think uh, trying to go organic is going to be the best thing and always trying to look for something that contains a seed is again the best sometimes farming practices there are ways where seeds aren't produced um even such as cucumbers you know cucumbers end up producing seeds as they grow larger but you have them at a smaller size and they don't produce seeds same with courgettes or zucchini um, but for me, I mean, I, I don't eat seedless scrapes, you know, and I just do what I can do in the UK. So, I mean, right now in the summer, as the temperature's warmer, we can actually ripen foods here. So ripening things, uh, you know, avocados are great at this moment in time. You have good things such as nectarines. Um, citrus is OK most of the year in the UK because of the importation. Um Grapes are, are good here. We get some things like lychees in the UK. Um, 
Papaya is unfortunate. We have very small ones like this and they don't ripen um, just because I think they've been in cold storage too long. But my one of my favorite foods is papaya, you know, the big papayas. They're incredible. Um, and the rare occasion that I can have fresh durian is rare, but that's one of my favorite foods. Yeah, durians become too heavy for me. <laughs> have they? I'm, I'm addicted to jackfruits at the moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, durians, uh, I probably had like one every two or three months, but not yeah. one, just a, yeah. just a piece. This is an incredible experience to have something like that. Do you have things like breadfruits around you? And uh, do you call them sour sap or guanabana? Sour sap, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sour sap, yeah. What sort of fruits do you consume at the moment? Uh, at the moment, so my previous addiction got out of season. That was the pomelo, the grapefruit. Okay, yeah. uh, so, so usually I have um, orange juices in the morning and then during the day, it's mango season now. So I have a lot of mango papayas in season all right year round. So I have, a, I have a lot of these. At the moment, jackfruit, I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a few bananas, mangosteens also. But it's pretty rare. I think it's only in Bali, in Hawaii, and a couple of other places. Yeah, yeah, nice. And the durian, um, durian, like you, like uh, for very special equation, like for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, incredible. You have, um, do you have a good supply of pitaya? I don't know if you call them dragon fruit or pitaya there. Oh yeah, and drag, dragon fruit also. That's yeah, in the UK you'll find un, yeah, and, unripe. And also, yeah, passion fruits also very good. Passion fruits, yeah, they're yeah. incredible. In the UK, yeah. you'll pay three pound fifty for one unripe dragon fruit, um, which is extortion. Yeah, you'll be happy once you land here. Yeah, <laughs> and there's yeah, so many right. places here you can just just even dig. They grow like especially papayas and bananas. There's mm. so much abundance. Yeah. That's incredible. How um how are you finding um the ability uh, availabilities of I've forgotten it now, it's left me. Um like a jackfruit, champadec. Do you get champadec? Oh, that's very pretty rare. It's pretty rare. I've had like a couple of times other friends, but it's oh, okay. Not no, okay. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to trying that. I haven't tried that one, but it's one of the fruits that I look forward to trying. Okay. Can I ask, can I ask you a little slightly more challenging question? But um, I mean, I don't like doing that because in nutrition, when people say they do something, that's a little bit out of the way. People are trying to look. Okay, how does it look like? What is this? And and like judging this way. But I had a friend yeah. who was suspicious that uh, you don't have hair, so I was I was wondering if it's just a. a, a he was like, ah, oh, there's something that doesn't have hair. I wonder if it's because of the fruits and, I don't know. Do you have, a, is that just a choice or is there something with your hair? Did you, I used to have hair like you till, okay. um, I don't know, maybe two months ago. Okay, yeah. So if you look at my older videos, I used to have very long hair. <laughs> so but was- I think I would say hair... Hair is something which is down to earlier stages in life when you have this predominantly androgenic expression. Um, So people that are losing hair earlier on, I think it's related to one, maybe earlier stress in their life. Uh, Because I, 
you can look around the lifestyle and see people who have less androgen but uh, are on very bad diets and they keep their you know alcoholics drug takers heroin addicts so i don't think it's down to lifestyle i think it's more down to do with like androgens um definitely and uh possibly just the way that the thought processes were as young and i think people that are on a, on a great journey uh there's a significant level of suffering in the early stages of life because they start to recognize what's wrong with the world and focus on that. Um, but it's when one breaks that barrier and is able to begin to see that that was the very reason that they become woke for. And the purpose of this existence in duality is to see the bad and good and recognize both of them creating balance in between, thus becoming liberated and free from all of these concepts that are here. I don't think it would matter if I had no hair. I think I think Sad Guru's got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he likes fruits too. I was I was looking. Uh, he's been speaking a lot about fruits. Yeah, he uh his diet I don't think is predominantly fruit based, but he knows the power of fruits. I think he shares that three years on fruits will correct anyone's issues. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's like um, when you talk about health, especially when you're on, on this journey, it's like, as I said, right? People looking, okay, is there something wrong? I had I had something uh, a bit earlier. I had a bit of, uh, I had some candida and mm. I, I could feel, oh shit, is it not working or something? But is that usually detox symptoms? For example? Yeah, yeah, candida is, uh, it's not nice going through the process of, getting rid of the fungus in your body but essentially mm. it does take time bicarbonate soda is great just keep powdering that try and get the finest bicarbonate soda you can so it mm. doesn't cause irritation when moving around um, but just keep reapplying that throughout the day and i mean in my experience with foot rot fungus yeah. candida is very very quickly uh, healing mm. that because that ties down to like how much of non-natural stuff we remove right because i had the same also with with shampoo and mm. with um like even toothpaste and, and and so i stopped using deodorant which is fine when you eat fruits because you don't smell anyway but yeah. um but yeah with i still use like some fl fl no fluoride toothpaste but still and shampoo is like and and that was uh, something that played with me on how much i want to go like avoiding any chemical things like this yeah I mean, when I had hair, I used to wash it with uh, bicarbonate soda and lemon juice. Okay. Um, and my clothes were washed with vinegar and bicarb. Um, and that's just a process, you know. Essentially, during my uh, evolution, I would say, I was very intellectual, very intellectual. So everything that I did uh, was to the best that I could do in my ability, which was essentially going right down to the to – the, a central thing as, as having a, a silver spoon because the negative charge that it carries. So, you know, if you blend something in your blender and the stainless steel creating a positive charge with inside the juice, I would pour it and I would then stir it with my silver spoon, creating the negative charge or even leave it in my water um, to then have an experience of the heightened uh, perception that I had. But you can really focus on this and it can cause levels of suffering, which is why I don't share too much about these things, because people might think I, I need to get this done. But if your consciousness is able to see these things, then absolutely give them a try. But just don't focus on anything that causes you negativity, because ideas are that which causes a lot of negativity.
Yeah, thank you so much, Josh. That's so interesting. And um, I think I think we've been going for a fair bit. So we're going to go towards the the end of the interview. We can always do more. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm here. I'm, I, I sit here sometimes for six hours on our Q&As. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. I can't. Jo- I, mean, I could, but I, I'm not joining because in the middle of the night here in Bali. Sometimes mm. I'll join. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested also in. Um, yeah, where you at with building community? Because right now you're in the UK, which is probably not the best place for your lifestyle. And what's like? Do you have a dream? I mean, for for me actually here in Bali, I'm. I'm really into uh, building communities, and a lot of us. Yeah, mainly on fruit and interest in fasting, and we want to be close to close to nature. And I think there's a lot of that. So um, I guess that's your vision too. You already have a community online, which helps. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, I mean, we moved away to Spain six years ago, planted 125 fruit trees, experienced all of this beautiful nature. Um, but we did it with a family that they ended up finding it too difficult to be away from the UK, which was unfortunate. But then we 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 parted and uh, we bought ourselves a camper and then we traveled around helping people in the UK and then we found our community base. Um, at the moment, I think the only thing that stopped us being there already was the COVID situation. We just accepted life and uh, just continued to build our community and our website. Um, but right now, I think ideally for us is a community in Bali or Indonesia and a community in the south of Portugal or the south of um, Spain. So we would spend probably six months a year in each place visiting both of the best seasons because they're kind of alternate in their in their seasonal um, perfection. So, uh, yeah, we have at the moment we are and have a uh, community WhatsApp and telegram in the south of spain and portugal with the ideas manifesting we are traveling there at the end of september and we're going to be looking for land uh, in the region of probably 20 30 acres maybe more Um, and then we'll be planting our fruit forests and then engaging in the communities there creating some spaces for people to live and as soon as bali indonesia um, can allow travel without vaccines then we'll be there straight away uh looking to create something wonderful out there there was a possibility of costa rica um but i feel there's a lot of rain and we've had some great friends who've experienced costa rica and they've left just because of the relentless downpours that are there but it is another place that you can grow uh, a vast array of fruits yeah, that's that's the the ones that come back the most in is Bali, Portugal, Costa Rica for sure. Sometimes Mexico. Yeah. yeah, I think Mexico is a lovely place, um, but I think for us, for like family and community, yeah. there's a, possibly a high murder rate and uh, some sort of uh, you know, different. Uh, feel to the you know when you go to Bali you know that there's a massive community there are kindness the the people are wonderful aren't they I mean Bali is the best and it's true you mentioned Indonesia I mean Bali has something really special especially on the spiritual level 
But then mm-hmm. Indonesia is amazing. There's a lot of uh, people who have projects on other islands also that are less touristy and obviously cheaper. But yeah, mm-hmm. for me, it's um, it's something I was thinking about. A year ago, I was thinking of going to Costa Rica because Bali is part of Indonesia and Indonesia hasn't been the nicest when it comes to uh, the, the COVID situation. And But at the end of the day, Politically, it's true, but when you look at energetically, how I feel Bali is so protected by all these temples, all these people praying, and there's something really special to it. So how kind people are, how spiritually it is advanced and protected, and then, I mean, super cheap also, which is nice. Yeah. Very abundant and really nice, uh, really nice expat community too. Like you can just walk in in some of the places where the conscious community uh, uh, expats are it's very this, like here in Ubud this, at the moment there's probably like 10 kirtans and 10 ecstatic dance every week <laughs> so many uh, active conscious uh, community activities like this and the mm. surf's good I'm a surfer so perfect yeah that's great I think in the UK the good thing about the UK is that it's a very conscious place as in they're aware of what the matrix does and you know in the lockdown during those uh, times people weren't necessarily listening to the mm. the status quo the tv the news what was happening shops were told to close down people would just keep them open you know and um you didn't really have to wear masks if you if you didn't choose to wear a mask there wasn't any upheaval and i know when we were in spain at that particular time i wasn't wearing a mask but everybody was very scared that you weren't wearing a mask so you know i had to end up just putting it over my mouth here just to save the issues every time because you know talking with spanish and the way their beliefs are set is very different so yeah that's a good thing about the uk <laughs> oh, nice yeah I'm, I'm happy to hear yeah to hear about that and yeah well i hope i hope i see you in bali very soon you too um, actually so you said um yeah i'm part of your online community you have a telegram group you have q and a's um it's it's what is it x x family xfamunity.com oh, yeah yeah and um, we we are in the process of having as a new uh, website being developed with more things on it but right now we have uh, q and a's uh just you know you can answer any question that you wish and we help guide you whether it's to do with uh physics metaphysics consciousness food diet wellness fitness um magnetism ancient occultism anything um we have courses on virtues yoga breath work diets uh, we have uh, community fasts at least quarterly throughout the year uh, we have our recipes we have recipe videos we've got a video library so it's uh, it's a wonderful place to evolve yourself with very high conscious you know community i think 99% is fruit-based. Um, they enjoy their fasting and uh, they do their meditative yoga practices with breath work and yeah, experience just very heightened levels of consciousness. Yeah, nice. And, and so you have uh, that uh, fitness training that I'm really excited about. Yes. Because, yeah, again, I mean, you're so much more than the food and even the fitness I've listened to. How you talk about words and consciousness that... It's good in general to have an, an entry point. It's like a, like almost a label where people uh, get yeah. to know you and then they go deeper. 
And I feel with you, it's, yeah, that combination of fruits and, and the fitness, at least for me personally, that's what really attracted me to all the people in the world that do great stuff. Okay, yeah. okay that's, that's my man. <laughs> and so I'm excited. Can you share a little bit more about the, like the fitness program, especially um, what kind of fitness exists exercises is it is it different when you're on food do you have different exercises and just before you go i'll add for example more recently going when i was going to the gym i kept going most days and but i, I felt less in the energy of lifting trying to lift big weights and more i was doing what i call um, weight assisted qigong so i would go very slowly which is actually really hard but with low weight very slowly and just felt right to me so in in that vibe, I was wondering if it's different. Um, and also for me, yeah, why I like you is I, I can go on YouTube and look at the top influencers on, on stretching, but in the middle of their video, they're like, oh yeah, I'm drinking more protein. So they lose me, right? So what's mm-hmm. different with a, a fitness program th- that's for people who uh, eat fruits and uh, align with your vision? Yeah, well, uh, essentially the very thing that you'll feel is different if you're transitioning from one to the other, is that your recovery time is much, much quicker, much quicker on fruit-based diet. So essentially, then you have more uh, ability to train quicker, so then the, the expansion of the muscles and volumization will happen uh, quicker. Um, but the training, essentially, for resistance and muscle growth is going to be the same, but you wouldn't necessarily say the same as what is commercially viable and uh, is expressed across the business world. Uh, for the quickest route to your goals so over time sister michelle and i we've both been personal trainers high elite trainers we've owned uh, gyms um, and have done competitive bodybuilding ourselves um, so we have been through every type of fitness uh, possible to recognize what is the best and the ultimate source of quickness in this muscle building so what we will have devised is courses for like beginners, very basic to, to intermediate to then moving on to the advanced with uh, food plans that are essentially for like an average female, the average male explaining how you need to consume excessive amounts of food to be able to increase the muscle growth. And if you're not experiencing muscle growth, it's down to let's say 30% training, 70% nutrition. This is basically how the body then will look, you know. So So really, so really um, going down to eating a lot of food. And just for me, and again, maybe I'm I'm too far into the bypassing of energy over matter, but I feel feel there is something around, um, do I... Like there's something in me that wants to question that, that feel that, um, I don't know, I, I don't exactly know, but yeah, that, that feel like you, do I really need a lot of food to build muscle? No, you don't need a lot of fruit to build muscle shape muscle, but you need a lot of food to be able to get excessive amounts of muscle. Mm. The body doesn't want to grow muscle because it's, Hard to maintain. It takes a lot more food. It takes a lot more nutrients. There's a lot more blood flow that goes into it. So it's harder to grow muscle. So essentially, this is why when you train, you have uh, 
you're itching very intense, a lot of resistance. And each time you go to the gym, you're increasing these weights. So you're putting more tension, keeping the muscle under this constant tension and then just feeding it. And if you feed your muscles every two and a half to three hours, you keep your body in an anabolic state. So you're consistently utilizing fat and storing muscle. If you eat less than that, you can go into something called catabolism, which then uses the sugars in the muscle as a fuel source. So you're kind of resisting that extra growth, Mm. but you can transform your body. You can gain strength without changing your diet, of course, just with training. And as what you, as you were saying with your Qigong, you're very slow and focus the mind and uh, the muscle connection. And you're having that muscle under tension the whole time. This is like the first ever bodybuilding. It was done without weights. Only the muscle-mind connection. Mm. But when we're talking extreme, then it's different. You know, like uh, if you're looking at getting like 18, 19-inch arms, then very much progressive overload. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in, in that food thing, yeah, also the question for me is like, oh, how much, like, can I draw from prana? Also, like, if I if if I draw energy from the sun and from the air, how much can I use pranic energy versus matter energy? Um, again, like that can sound like bypassing, but it's it's a curiosity mm. of mine, and at the same time, I take it step by step. Yeah, I think energy is a non-physical aspect that we have sensations of just as emotions are, but they're felt in the body. Um, You know, if you are seated and breathing, you can pull in prana and it can be passed at every part of the body. Um, And in doing so, you really learn a relationship between the breath, prana and energy within the system. Um, Doing that is absolutely true. It's possible for everyone to be able to experience that connection with the breath and energy to invigorate oneself, to have almost a, a rush of uh, a blissful energy, I would call it. But as for converting that into something uh, material in, in a sense of muscle growth, there would have to be a, a very deep connection in knowing that you have the ability to manipulate what is perceived to be as matter recognizing that there is no spoon there is no muscle and then you can have the ability to create a foundational level something such as less myostatin which is essentially regulating the the body's muscle growth so by a natural stature the body will grow more muscle by removing some of this myostatin um but I would love to be able to say that you can do this and create this and grow this muscle. But I don't think there's much evidence towards that, you know, based. Um, but essentially, nothing is impossible. That's why it's impossible. Down to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Josh. I, th- I feel we've covered a lot already. Getting <laughs> later in Bali, but... Wow, this is yeah, this is so interesting. Um, do you I have? Um, hmm? I didn't realize the time with you. I, uh, my apologies for keeping you up so late. <laughs> no, I, quite the contrary, actually. I'm I'm very grateful for um, you taking taking the time to uh, to answer and to inform. Yes, yeah, it's it's been really exciting. 
is there um well do you have uh, something you'd like to add to the listener or to ask me just go through this experience recognizing suffering is a choice to realize these thoughts that come as an offering don't need to be taken and it's only in these thoughts do we suffer Learn to give your attention to this moment and give it so much attention that the thoughts don't knock anymore. You become so involved with your experience. This presence is recognized as the gift, which is life. Don't think about tomorrow and what if and what may be. Don't bring yesterday. There's no need to pick up any of this. We can experience every moment as pure happiness and peace. If we cannot find this space, then just go through the slow and steady processes of as a thought arises, sitting down with the thought and contemplating, does this serve me? Can I change this? And if these aren't the case, then accepting these things that have arisen and there is no possibility of changing them and let it go. This is the simple process of destroying demons. Demons are thought forms. The demon is to de-remove and mon is the one. So they remove you from the oneness. And essentially we are looking for this innocence and atonement, which is again at one moment, which is at one mind. To be here and now in all the glory of experience, because this is it. There is nothing to search for. It is now. It is here. It is this conversation we are having. It is the sounds. It is the connection. It is our feelings, our sensations. Everything we have here is what we've created to experience. So peace, happiness, and love, light is all I wish for everyone. And of course, the applications of these truths will lead you to a place of high elevated consciousness. We don't need to suffer with uh, a desire for this. We just action it. And we slowly dissolve this karma that has the thoughts attached to these processes. Essentially, karma is just an idea. Also, suffering is an idea. So let's have no ideas and continue to just be this is the human being the god man being mm. every second is a pleasure thank you so much for yeah. having me on here thank you so much josh actually i'll, I'll just add a tiny reflection on, on what you shared i was um uh, with some friends were on, on the land that we got and uh, on a trip and it I had the, um, the vision that that eating food was to me was like I was accelerating or lowering time it was the same with every stimuli actually so in that mm -hmm. space of no time it would be the action me almost refusing staying in the present moment and wanting the future, whether it's through checking my phone or eating something sometimes, that would actually create uh, time and my perception of time.
I think there's a significant relationship between thoughts and food, food for thought. If you consume a higher vibrating, easily assimilating food as fruits, you'll find there are very less thoughts you have to tackle with. Um, and then also recognizing that there is nothing to tackle. You just don't need to pick up these ideas. Then this is a part of your liberation. Um, but there is definitely a connection between animal products, synthesized foods, processed foods, whole food, plant-based, and then fruits. You'll feel free, you'll feel liberated. And essentially, there's a saying I used to say, and it's, uh, you have to free the body to, to see the mind. And then you have to see the mind to free the mind. And then you have to free the mind to see the self. And then you have to see the self to be the self. But there is one thing that you can never do is see the self. But seeing the self as in a recognize of what the self is would allow one to recognize that they are the self, essentially removing concepts and being that which is. And uh, that's what the best process is. Start with your food, work mm -hmm. towards the cleanest and clearest, allowing you to see these thoughts, to deal with these thoughts, to recognize or recognize the psyche as essentially the battle, the war, the consciousness. Yeah, and that, that's how that's how I could feel. Yeah, this relationship between also yes, the diff, like needing stimulation and how different kind of food or different kinds of stimulation that, that and, and and actually that that's what also got me interested more in that breathian part where I felt oh actually do I really need food or do I need stimulation and and. And I could feel already, like even with some foods, the crunchiness, the this, the that, that what I need is that stimulation because my mind isn't in that just peaceful state in the moment. And yeah, so it's a really interesting that you say like food for thoughts and, and connecting and connecting the two because I could see how uh, they were very connected. I think on the journey with that, when we are beginning to recognize ourselves we can feel that stimulation let's say physical stimulation is a bad thing again which is another concept there is the the, the truth about stimulating yourself so experiencing if you're stimulating an experience this is fine and if you're doing it to the truth so you're consuming the correct foods made for your body there's going to be the least resistance within the body so this life is about experiencing so if we are so focused on, on achieving spirituality or uh, enlightenment, let's say, by actions, we will never find it. Because there is nothing to do. It's a revelation internally and a recognition, a shift in consciousness. So that is one, I would say, a conspiracy with inside spirituality that we have another concept to hold on to. Mm. We just do that, which is, which is recognized to be true. 
and allow everything else to dissipate. Um, and these things, sometimes we need constant reminders, you know, that there is no need to search for anything. You're searching outside of yourself, but truly inside of yourself is the viewer of the experience, which is from within. It is, you can never see from outside. In your dreams, as we stated earlier, when there is another, is there another? Or is it within you? And was there a chicken or was there an egg? Which came first? Could either of a chicken and an egg come first, physically, in the nature of physicality? Could it? And it can because they were both dreamt. The spontaneous manifestation that arises in the thought of the one as it expands its consciousness. We are here, we have fallen asleep in our own expression, our own creation, into the identity as the person personified with all of its characteristics. We recognize this one by one, we keep having recognitions of personified emotional conflict, keeping us out of balance energetically. When you are so focused on something in the moment, there's no thought. We call this space creativity. Can you create when you think, or does this stop one creating? And it's only in non-thought does this expression come is freedom. If we talk about Bruce Lee, he had to fight his demons. His demons were his thoughts and the fear stops one from performing. So when we conquer these illusions, separation, anxiety, fear, depression, greed, lust, envy, essentially all of these sins and become virtuous, we have a straight pathway to the highest vibration and the quickest route to, to freedom. And everything that you will experience is revelation after revelation. And even in the words, you'll see EVE, which represents even and is balance. This is why event is even T and T is 20, which is physical. So you even the physical for the event. And the true event is to bring balance. This is why with inside the field of the matrix, you have an ambulance, which is ambalance, and it flashes the blue shift. The blue shift is balancing the red shift, creating light or plasma. And everything inside this physical experience is related to energy. How do you hold your energy? How do you perceive the world? Do you perceive it to be bad or good? Or do you hold no concept? Take the journey. Embrace every moment. Remain happy. Do your very best. Thank you so much, Brother Josh. And I hope to see you very soon in person. Always mm -hmm. easier without going through the ether <laughs> of the internet. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very, and very grateful. I'm excited. Mm. And I'm excited to do your fitness program very soon. Yes. I look forward to the before and after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Josh.
Much love to you and to your family. Have a beautiful day. Send new love from all of us. And uh, again, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. And our love also to everyone who listened to this episode and I'm sure got a lot out of it. Thank you.